Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Welcome to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. All right, let's talk some preseason betting. I know it's been a long time, but the football season is upon us. Yes, I consider the preseason to be the football season. And I'm going to go ahead and break out some basics of betting the preseason, why there are opportunities, and some key factors to look for when betting the preseason. Of course, we will have Dave Essler, best bet for the season wins, and a best bet for myself as well upcoming. I would make the case that the preseason, I hate, we never want to say it's easy to win. It's certainly not easy to win, but it is an easier game to win betting preseason than betting regular season. And the bookmaker knows this, and the bookmaker is actually telling you that this is the case. Why? Well, go up during the regular season and ask at most Vegas sports books to bet $5,000 on an NFL side. Even the smaller places probably are going to take that bet without blinking. Good luck getting down a $5,000 bet in preseason. Most of the books are going to have a $500 to $2,000 limit. And the reason the limits are lower is that the bookmaker knows that the game is beatable. So, in fact, they are going to go ahead and limit their exposure because they know that oftentimes, especially the opening numbers, can be wrong. And, frankly, a lot of the closing numbers, the day of the game, I should say close to closing numbers, can be wrong with late information that comes out in the preseason. Look no further than the line move we saw in the Hall of Fame game. Denver is uh, went ahead and opened up. Um, as a two-and-a-half-point underdog, and then a flip. Denver became a a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and I would argue that's just the bookmakers not having done enough homework with um, setting the lines. And and because of that, the bookmaker, they are so busy setting baseball lines, setting tennis lines, following all these other sports, the CFL, that they just don't want to hire the staff and spend all the time to get all these numbers absolutely correct and they're willing to go ahead and let the betters make a few good bets early on in the cycle where the better indeed does have the best of it but yet the exposure to the books is indeed limited first concept i want to talk about here coaching history some coaches care about preseason other coaches don't care you know before the show I was prepping with Daryl and uh, Daryl here, who's producing the podcast, you know, asked me, Fez, does preseason matter? And I told him it absolutely doesn't matter, you know, in, in terms of predictive value going forward. But Daryl, we can make some money betting on it. Am I just a mercenary or should I be more in tune with uh, the big picture here? No, no. That when you said that, it actually turned my light on because to think about it, man, I think about things just from a sports view. But when you said that, it actually gave me a perspective like, hey, man, we out here in Vegas. We care about that because we're putting our money up. So that made a lot of sense. Let me talk about two coaches here. One, Atlanta's coach Quinn and Quinn, when he initially came into the league, 
He didn't uh, just uh, use preseason to evaluate talent. He won five games. He lost three games. But then once he became established as a head coach, the results have not been good. Atlanta is 0-8 in their last eight preseason games, and they got blown out, lost by double digits in all four games last year. Daryl, do you think that that is going to continue for Atlanta preseason losses going forward? I think so because Coach Quinn is always – always going to protect his players he didn't do it earlier in the thing but he's always been a player's coach so knowing what i know about coach quinn he's going to protect his players julio jones is already not going to play you're not going to see much of matt ryan and guys like that so yes i don't see them winning and i guess the lesson here is it'd be easy to look at quinn with a five and eleven not a good straight up preseason record but if you go ahead and dwell deeper into it, you can see recent tendencies, and you hate to draw conclusions from really small sample sizes, but there are coaches that will change their spots, so to speak, as they go forward in their coaching careers. One guy that has not uh, changed recently, Harbaugh. We know Harbaugh hates to lose, and it's not surprising that he's done well recently in the preseason, but what is surprising, 13 games, Harbaugh is 13-0. and 0 win streak straight up in the preseason. If there's one coach that I would not bet against, it is most certainly Harbaugh. So I would argue before you go ahead and bet on the preseason, absolutely you want to take a look at the coach's history and how they have done in the preseason, especially in the past couple of years. Second factor, and I'm going to talk about four factors as I lay out preseason betting. Let's talk quarterback rotations. Let's face it. Who's going to decide your bets? Probably not Tom Brady. Probably not Drew Brees. It's going to come down to the backups when you're betting these games. And you want to have capable, good backups and a deep quarterback rotation. You want to look and tend to look towards teams like the San Francisco 49ers. Think about the Niners. So last year, Jimmy G. And I love Jimmy G. He goes down week three with the injury, and Bethard comes in, takes over. He gets some experience. Bethard gets hurt. Nick Mullins comes in. So now I've got my second and third string quarterbacks for San Francisco with some nice, viable uh, playtime last year. And frankly, Mullins far exceeded expectations. And because of that, the 49ers probably are set to have a good preseason quarterback rotation. Uh, New Orleans Saints. You'd think with Drew Brees, hey, he's so important to the team, they probably have a poor quarterback rotation. Well, it turns out you got Teddy Bridgewater on the bench there, and uh, at least for the next year, we'll see what happens going forward. And then Taysom Hill behind him. So New Orleans with a um, what looks to be a bet-on quarterback rotation. As far as a couple teams would be cautious, I think, betting on in the preseason, Dallas Cowboys. Do you really want to be betting on Cooper Rush or Mike White here with your backups? I don't think so. And I think Dallas, um, with Zeke out, I think that this could well be a preseason that Dallas does not want to risk players to injury. And um, frankly, they just don't have the quarterbacks to um, make you excited about betting on them. Similarly, Jacksonville Jaguars. So all of a sudden, they gutted their quarterback rotations because, you know, they get rid of Blake Bortles and they get rid of their backup quarterback and they bring in Foles. Well, who's behind Foles? Do we want to bet on Tanner Lee, the rookie Minshaw? I don't think so. I'd be very careful with the Jacksonville Jaguar quarterback rotation. One thing about these quarterback rotations, all things being equal, 
I might tend to look towards the more agile running quarterbacks. And the reason being, you know, and I spoke with my friend Ross Tucker about this former NFL player, and he said, you know, the reason these preseason games are so low scoring in the second half, the offensive line, one, you don't have the talent of the guys blocking, but the continuity of the O-line is shot. These guys have not played together. It's a lot easier for the defensive line to go ahead and put in a bunch of backups and still play together as opposed to blown assignments and the O-line struggling. And because of that, the quarterback's not going to have time to throw. And because of that, the traditional drop-back passers are going to struggle to move the ball as opposed to just taking the ball, tucking it, and running. Um, and because of that, all things being equal, if you can get quarterbacks that are more agile, third- and fourth-string quarterbacks, that would be the way I would look to go ahead and wager on quarterbacks in the preseason. So we've got two major factors that we look at. We look at coaches' tendencies. We look at quarterback rotations. Let's talk about two more factors. General situations. Probably I'm going to talk about one situation in this podcast. Week two was probably my favorite one. No team wants to go 0-4 in the preseason, and you can't go 0-4 without going 0-2. So a team that loses their first game, there's um, a little bit of pressure that you don't want to slip to 0-2, and and now you've got to kind of deviate from your strategy of evaluating all the players properly and getting your rotations proper because you don't want to lose every game. And because of that, it sure seems to me, and the data points to it, that um, teams that have a loss in game one do go ahead and emphasize winning a little bit more in their second game, whereas the teams that won the first game, well, now they don't really mind if they would go one and three. Let's face it, most of these coaches really, other than Harbaugh, don't care that much whether they win. But if you've got a win under your belt, it's okay to have a loss. So week two, I am always tend to look towards 0-1 teams straight up facing 1-0 and teams straight up, especially if I can get points. I love taking underdogs in preseason. And I got to tell you, especially so many preseason games now are lined at two, two and a half. And in the regular season, that's not very much value to be taken two or two and a half. But in the preseason, the word is out. Teams go for two at the end of games to try to win when they're down one. So, so many preseason games now, just in the past five years, are landing one, two from on either side, that it is very dangerous to lay two and a half. And there's Oftentimes, quite a bit of value taking an underdog plus two and a half. And oftentimes you can do that with an 0-1 team that's just looked horrible in preseason week one, catching points against a team that looked good in week one in week two of the preseason. So that, I would say, is most likely my favorable, my favorite general situation to go ahead and back a team in the preseason. Season So uh, three concepts down. One more concept to take a look uh, before I do that concept. I'm going to talk about coaches and coaches' press conferences and coaches disclosing what they're going to do. I want to ask Daryl. Daryl, when, when you hear an NFL coach and he's discussing upcoming games, how much do you believe him when he tells you what they're going to do? I don't believe him at all. I just think it's all coach speak because – if he's telling us what he's going to do, then the opponent will know also. Exactly right. So McVay says, oh, Gurley, he's going to be my bell cow in the Super Bowl going forward. I'm not utilizing him enough, and it doesn't happen. And so grain of salt, and I would say, it. if anything, you should take what they say and believe the opposite. So if a coach says, for instance, he's going to run and gun in 
basketball, maybe he's planning on slowing it down. Um, however, if there's one time that I'll tend to believe the coaches more, it's when the games don't matter in August. So especially the younger coaches, when they're asked what their game plan is going to be, how long they're going to play their starters, who's going to play, who's not going to play, oftentimes that's the case where you can go ahead and take them at their word that they are being honest. There's no reason for them not to be honest because they really don't care whether they win or lose. So late game situations with press conferences, game planning, that even the day before the game, the day of the game, you'll see some big line moves just based upon coaches disclosing, hey, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and get my O-line out of the game after the first quarter and keep all those guys healthy. We've already got one guy down, and that can really benefit you late in the game to go ahead and make solid bets in the preseason. So so often what we see in the preseason line moves in the marketplace, sharp moves early based upon quarterback rotations, coaching tendencies, et cetera, situations, and then sharp moves late where the information goes ahead and gets disclosed. And oftentimes during the regular season, I think that information can be overrated and there can be overreactions to that information. I do not feel that way in the preseason. So let me give an example here. If it's a regular season game and a team was favored by a point and then the day of the game, they went up to three that they were favored by. It would be very rare it would be the case if there are no injuries now. And you asked me, Fez, who do you like in this game? I don't think I would ever say, you know what, I I still like the favorite. I would lay the three. The answer almost always would be, hey, I'm taking the points or I'm going to pass the game. Now in preseason, totally different animal. If a line goes from one to three right before a game kicks off, so the day of the game, and you ask me, who do I like? I might well say, you know what? I would have liked to have laid one, but I'll still lay three. I still think it's a good bet, and here's why. And the late-breaking information often can be key. So super excited about betting the preseason. It has historically been some of my highest win rates playing preseason football and uh, going into the regular season. Another high win rate that I've had over the years is on NFL season wins, and I'm happy to say, Upcoming, Dave Essler is going to have a best bet for you in the NFL season wins. And I have a best bet for you as well. And first, one more message. Need to get your football fix? Then tune in to hear the Rich Eisen Show on Podcast One Sports Net. Join the renowned sportscaster as he mixes football analysis with pop culture humor, and interviews with the biggest names in sports and entertainment. Download new episodes of The Rich Eisen Show every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. You're listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. All right, it's that time. Best bets. Uncle Dave Essler goes to the NFL. Let's hear who he has. NFL season win total I really like. Jacksonville under seven and a half wins. In order to lose this bet, the Jags need to be a 500 team. Granted, Foles is an upgrade, but he's never played 16 games in a season. 
And the big key here, he doesn't have Zach Ertz at tight end. He has Jeff Swam and a rookie out of San Jose State. He also doesn't have the old line he had in Philadelphia. Jags O-line went from fourth in the NFL in sacks allowed two years ago to 27th last season, and I don't see the improvement. Fournette hasn't shown he can stay on the field. When he was on the field last season, 3.3 yards a carry. Again, maybe the O-line. They bring in DiFilippo as O.C., because he coached Foles in his Super Bowl season, so that's another new offensive scheme for everyone else. And remember, this is an OC that was fired from Minnesota with three games left in the season. I think defensively they'll be fine. I don't think they'll be elite like they were two years ago. They could beat the Chiefs in week one, but then three or four on the road, throw in a London trip, and factor in every team in the NFC South should be improved. And again, the Jags are not a 500 team under seven and a half wins. All right, Dave Esler going under on Jacksonville. Shop around. You can get an under eight on the Jags. I got to tell you, I hate to go contrary to Dave Essler, but um, I do have some concerns. I am bullish on Jacksonville, and I think it is all about the fact that this team in their 5-11 and year was so disgusted by the horrible quarterback play of Bortles. And then they bring in Kessler, who was even worse, and a rare case where bad quarterback play impacted the defense last year, I think, under Foles, I do think that Jacksonville is going to be a much better team. And I, I actually think they're going to win over eight games. So a very rare case, Uncle Dave and I going up against each other. All right, time for my best bet here. Philadelphia Eagles, I am going over 10 wins. Key reasons, health of the team. The Eagles got decimated by injuries last year. They were 31st in the league in terms of adjusted games lost. So only one team was more injured than the Eagles. And they had cluster injuries in the secondary where they are absolutely decimated. Carson Wentz, well, NFL is counting down their top 100 players going forward here in 2019. And Wentz is number 93. Last year, Wentz was number Three. I think this is an overreaction to him missing five games last year. First couple games, of course, coming off the ACL. And then with the back issue at the end of the year, as long as Wentz is reasonably healthy, I think that the Eagles are going to much more resemble the team that they were when they went ahead and won the Super Bowl than the team that barely made the playoffs last year. And also... I like the fact that Washington and the New York Giants are having so many problems The fact that those two teams are going to be down, and even possibly Dallas, that certainly would benefit the Eagles. The Eagles have a very easy schedule. My best bet, Philadelphia Eagles over 10 wins. So football season is upon us. We spoke about preseason betting key factors to look into. Dave and I spoke about the Jacksonville Jaguars. I like the Eagles. Can't wait to be betting on the NFL. R.J. Bell will be back next week on the podcast, as will Brad Powers, as will myself, as we head hard into football season. Thanks for listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for R.J.? You can contact him directly on Twitter at R.J. in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.